a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Grateful to the district attorney in Salt Lake County, Sim Gill, for joining me for a second segment. Uh, I just wanted to talk real quickly about a story I read. You can find this story on ksl.com right now, written by the great Pat Reevy. And it uh, the headline reads, Parolee released early due to COVID-19, breaks into house, threatens woman with, threatens woman with knife police say. Now, the the story is essentially uh, he got out uh, of Utah State Prison, from there was moved to a halfway house, and due to uh, the current COVID-19 pandemic was suddenly released uh, on March 17th. Uh, That's all noted in the police affidavit of what happened. Uh, The allegation is this, uh, that the man broke into a woman's house. She was awoken to uh, that man standing over her with a knife, threatening to kill her. Uh, That woman's son uh, heard the ruckus upstairs, uh, called the police, uh, and when it became known to this offender, uh, according to police, uh, that that, that there were police in the home, he tried this scheme. He tries crawling under the covers uh, where the woman was there laying and saying, hey, when they come up here, you tell them uh, that, uh, that, you know, we're, we're here and everything's okay. Uh, well, she uh, took advantage of an opportunity, uh, snuck away and was uh, ultimately able to escape to safety. Police arrest the man. Uh, and that's that. That's the story that police told. Uh, and that all stems from the allegation being uh, an early release. This man uh, being released from the prison, uh, sent to a halfway house and then released from that halfway house due to uh, this pandemic. Now, uh, I've asked the district attorney to uh, hang on the line, speak to me for another few moments, just to put my mind at ease uh, that this scenario uh, is not uh, one that we could be facing due to the releases, the early releases of inmates from uh, the Salt Lake County Jail. Yeah, that's a great question, because the, the point, let me emphasize, the reason we are doing this is to not compromise on public safety. The reason we're doing this is to make sure that those who are violent offenders have an empty jail bed there uh, uh, waiting for them when they choose to commit crime during this pandemic, which are violent in nature. So so I don't know the criteria that the AT&T or the, the state prison used for their decision, but I can certainly assure the people of Salt Lake County that the population that we are looking at are individuals who are nonviolent offenders, who are awaiting adjudication, who may be there based on technical violations such as failure to appear, and, uh, and that is why we're holding that person. And the reason we're freeing that jail bed up is to make sure, and the message that we're trying to share with our law enforcement community is then, and also our community at large, 
if there are people who are engaging in violent offense, that we want to be able to hold them and to not release them because they pose a public safety concern. So uh, we're using very different kind of criteria. I don't know the criteria that was used by uh, the, the state prison or uh, AP&P in the context of making that decision to release that person. But remember, if somebody's at prison already, that means they, are, they have either met the metrics for either violent nature of crime or criminality overall that has justified uh, 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 theoretically for them to be at prison. So, the, so the, I think that that is a very different set of criteria. That is not who we're looking at. In fact, it's just the opposite. At Salt Lake County Jail, we want to be able to hold that aggravated assaulter, that domestic violent, violent uh, person, that rapist, that murderer, that person who is engaging in violent behavior. And that is our primary focus is to hold that person. Salt Lake County District Attorney Sim Gill, uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your explanation. Thank you for your work. Uh, We'll speak again soon, I'm sure. Thank you again, Lee. Have a great day. All right, you do the same. Uh, Let me talk to you for a few moments about uh, another topic here before we have to go to break. It is all stemming from uh, the videos you saw of the missionary homecomings at the airport. I'll I'll tell you what, uh, it it was hard for me to, to watch all that. Let me first, before I share with you my thoughts on what happened, let me uh, tell you first uh, what happened. And it was, as you know, missionaries come home, uh, and when they do so under normal circumstances, when we're not facing a global pandemic, they are met often uh, with a big, large crowd uh, of people, family members, mom and cousins and dads, brothers and sisters who have been waiting uh, for 18 months or two years, uh, however long the missionary has been out in the field serving, and they come down that escalator at Salt Lake International Airport, and there's a big crowd there with the signs. Uh, Sometimes, I'll tell you what, this practice has evolved so much now that uh, there are sometimes professional videographers there uh, taking pictures, capturing the moment, because it is a beautiful and wonderful thing. I can remember uh, when I returned uh, home from my missionary service, I served uh, two years in Mexico, a wonderful two years. I flew home, and my uh, beautiful three sisters and my mom and dad, they were there at the airport to greet me. We have pictures from that day. It was a wonderful memory. It was a wonderful moment. The reunion was delicious. And I know, I know that everyone wants that. The family members want it. The returning missionaries want it. And under any other circumstance, they should go get it. But not now. Not right now. The crowds uh, to be gathered uh, in crowds that numbered uh, the size of the crowds we saw in those videos. It's a danger to the, to the members of that crowd, and it's a danger to the folks they will come in contact with later that evening. So as you and I make sacrifices to combat the spread of this coronavirus, uh, we need to know that we may have to miss out on some of life's big memories. There are weddings being canceled around the country, wedding receptions certainly, uh, and missionary reunions at the airport are one of those memories that you're going to have to sacrifice or at least try to recreate or approximate uh, under the guidance uh, we've been receiving from the experts. Now, uh, after what happened the other day took place and, uh, you know, so all the cameras were there and you saw the footage of of what happened, uh, there has been a coordinated effort by folks, uh, by leaders of the the county uh, and the state, as well as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, to uh, put forth some criteria and some guidelines 
for the family members uh, of those who are awaiting returning missionaries. Uh, as well as good uh, good information and good guidance to apply anywhere. Let me walk through uh, some of these guidelines so that you know, okay, or at least can be reminded that we are facing unique times right now, and it calls for unique sacrifices. And one of those sacrifices, uh, unfortunately, is that uh, you're not going to be able to gather up uh, at the airport in big, big giant numbers uh, to welcome home elder so-and-so or sister so-and-so. So this, uh, from the Salt Lake City Mayor uh, Mendenhall, issued some guidelines for airport arrivals and pickups. Uh, that was just yesterday, towards the end of the day. The guidelines come after coordination with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as well as the Salt Lake City Department of Airports on the flow of returning missionaries into Salt Lake City. So let me read to you these guidelines, then we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about something else. Uh, the guidelines continue uh, saying, individuals picking up returning missionaries are asked to park on the second level of the short-term parking garage and remain in their vehicle. Missionaries will be directed by airport staff to the parking area for pickup. Oh, now listen to this, okay? This is where it gets important. Only one vehicle is permitted to pick up a missionary, and airport security will be monitoring adherence to the guidelines. Here's a quote from Mayor Mendenhall. We know how important it is to reunite with a family member during this time, but we have to adhere to mass gathering standards, which are in place to protect us. Lives are on the line, and every precaution must be taken to help stop the quick spread of this dangerous illness. Now a quote from Eric Hawkins, who's a spokesperson for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hawkins says, these guidelines are common-sense measures that reflect what we have previously directed families to do. It is imperative that missionaries and their families adhere to these guidelines for their own safety, for the safety of their families, and the safety of the community. All right? I don't want to sound uh, you know, like I'm lecturing you uh, because I don't want to do that. That's not, that's not the kind of program uh, that I want to host here. Okay, but this one, this one, we've got to nip this one in the bud. All right, because we here in Utah, we're enjoying a special kind of circumstance here in the state. All right, the governor has not imposed uh, some of these draconian measures. Uh, we are not uh, here in our homes practicing social distancing because of any compulsory measures, okay? It's not a crime if we go outside. There are some places here in the country where it is, and there are certainly places like that around the world, okay? So we need to do, by our own free will and accord, what is uh, wise, what is prudent, and what is in accordance with the wisdom and the advice handed down by the experts, okay? Uh, can we make that deal? I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep broadcasting here from my guest bedroom, practicing social distancing. Uh, I'm going to cut down on my uh, trips to the grocery store, try to uh, make uh, efficient my visits out of doors all right you do the same and hopefully before uh, not too long we'll be able to return to a little bit of normalcy uh listen i'm late for a commercial break i apologize for that i'm going to step away when we come back we're going to be speaking to u.s attorney for the district of utah john huber he's been a guest on this program before he'd like to highlight some of the terrible deeds being perpetrated by folks looking to exploit fear there is fraud related to coronavirus. Uh, he's going to let uh, you know what resources you have should you come into contact with fraud schemes of this nature. That's ahead here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.